0: Everyone, Welcome back to this week's episode of Casual Watch Talk. We've got somewhat of a special today. Over on the live stream, I was lucky enough to interview Mike Pearson of Zodiac Watches. And it was such a good interview that I thought it would be great as a bonus episode for the podcast. The audio won't be as crisp as the normal podcast because this was a live stream. But we were also joined by Ricky at Scottish Watches. And I was also joined by my co-host on the live stream, Jason from WatchRolling.com let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk Live. Well, we have a special guest, Jason and I, but let's do quick introductions. I'm joined by Jason, my co-host, and we're joined by Michael Pearson of Zodiac Watches. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you very much, yeah, and thank you, and welcome to Dallas and in the office. It's, you asked for a quiet space and everyone's gone home, so this is the quietest I could find. And a fourth <laughs> introduction as well. Let me just add him into the stream. We're joined by Ricky from Scottish Watches. Thanks for joining us. Hi,
1: Mike. How's it going? You again? Me again.
2: <laughs> How you doing, mate? I,
1: I thought I'd force my way in here. Not too bad. You're you're letting the side down. You don't have a blue light in the background. What's going on?
2: <laughs> I put up, I put up these banners so you didn't see just a cubicle. So I, I did something at least. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, but it's,
2: what are you? Why aren't you in bed? It's very late where you are.
1: I was staying up especially for you, I like oh, the man, Kylie and well. Jason song. Well, it's great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, should
0: yes. we do a? Uh, should we do a bit of a wristwatch check? Oh Shall we? Well, uh, Mike, do you want to kick us off with the what you're wearing? Sure. Yeah, I, I've got uh, the Olympus uh, limited edition that we did with uh, oh, worn and wound. Me, let me do your solo so you can. Oh,
2: thank you very much. Yeah. So this is the uh, 40 millimeter limited edition that we did with worn and wound. Um, it's got the STP one dash eleven movement, our in-house movement. Um, the manta ray case is a very sort of misunderstood or maybe unknown part of the uh, the Zodiac collection, but it's been around since the 60s. Um, really wonderful case shape. Very, very unique. Um, I've, I've got some of the, the vintage ones with me, with me as well. But when Worn and Wound came in and did this particular one, they wanted to make it look vintage um, mid-century. And they did a great job. So they did a blue dial and they saw this kind of, let's say it's like a brown, but with this, this green uh, olive uh, strap, I think it looks fantastic. So we yeah. went
0: there. Gradient dial, bang on trend. Yeah, well,
2: that, yeah, that was them. Yeah, but uh, I think it looks really good. They, well done, Zach and Co. <laughs> Ricky, do you want to go next?
1: Yeah, um, I'm wearing a make. What the hell is this thing? You tell that them, the, you know, more about these than I do. Super Sea Wolf that compression.
2: Yeah, exactly Super Seawolf Wolf compression. Yes, that's the 40 millimeter version. Again, STP 1 11 on the Jubilee bracelet. Um, but I went nice and smart for, for Ricky to send him something to have a look at, but I think he likes it.
1: That's, that's very cool. nice indeed.
2: It's the first time I've seen you in it as well. It looks great. Oh,
1: Jason. Well, that's because the lights are always off when you see me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Pearson. J- Jason, what have you what have you got?
3: I'm wearing my Zodiac Zulu Oscar nine two zero nine super seawolf. The oh, special nice. edition that was done. Yep, in the military PXs and exchanges.
0: Awesome. I've got Go um wh- well, I've got a couple of watches. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do a a bit of a. I'm wearing my, my, my date just my little green date just there. Well but uh, Mike, I've got a bit of a trivia for you. I've got my wife's watch collection, which consists of one ladies' date just with a pearl mother of pearl dial, diamonds around the the bezel there. Next up, we have a, a gorgeous ladies' Seamaster, uh, mm-hmm. mother of pearl dial again. And then we have a Circa 2008 Ladies Fossil Watch. Now, which one do you think had more wrist
2: time? (laughs) Based off of my relationship with my wife, who has not worn any of the brands that I've ever
0: worked for, who wears an an iWatch, I'm sure it's that one in your hand right there. It is, yeah. She now wears an Apple Watch, but the Fossil Watch definitely. So i was trying to imprint my uh, love of uh, of uh, nice watches and uh she does she does wear the she, she does wear the seamaster but um... hey they have a place sam and i'm in i'm in the house of fossil now <laughs> yeah oh she absolutely loves it, it she, she absolutely loves it we've had the the battery replaced many times at the, at the store sure. so yeah i wanted to show you that because it was uh one of the one of the very special memories with that watch
2: well, it's a really unique view that I've got because I'm actually,
0: we have four floors
2: on the Fossil HQ and we've got all these brands that they either own or they're licensed. This little cubicle area is where some of the Zodiac stuff happens. But I'm looking right now at the Fossil corner and they have four built Fossil stores right in front of us. So it's quite surreal that you're saying it, And it's still quite strange for me to actually be in here.
0: So it's good. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. Well, guys, keep the questions coming for Mike in the comments section as we go down. I've been uh, I've been sent some in from a, 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 a collector of Zodiac watches. Okay. So, but Mike, do you want to give us a little bit of a, of a brief for anybody that's not familiar with who you are, how you how you got started in watches, and how you ultimately ended up at Fossil Company on looking after Zodiac? Sure, Ricky's heard this
2: now before, but
1: um... <laughs> I'm going to go and have a sleep. <laughs> have a
2: cup of tea for about fifteen minutes. You know how this goes. No, so I've been around uh, the watch industry for about 2005. Um, I was young and went traveling, went on a cruise ship, uh, believe it or not, just to kind of go and see the world. And I ended up meeting a girl. The easiest way to stay with her is to actually work for a company that was owned by Louis Vuitton, LVMH. And they own a very, very small company called Onboard Media. And what they did is they would tell people who came on cruise ships where to shop ashore, what to buy, what stores to go to, diamonds, diamonds. Tanzania, all that stuff, and a lot of T-shirts and a lot of tap. But there was also this brilliant way of selling watches. And back then in 2005, and five, six, there was a yeah, maybe the unknown world, maybe before the boom that we've all experienced over the last 20 years. But at that particular time, it was so new to me. My first watch was a fossil. Then you go into Nike's sports watches, so on and so forth. But when I started to actually having to sell them, learn about them, it was it was at that point that I started to really get addicted to them. I did that for a few years, actually, and ended up moving to America for that particular lady. That did not work out so well. Watches stuck with me. And I, was, uh, I started to work with a, a brand called Ernst Benz. Ernst Benz is a very, very small Swiss brand. It was ended up owned by um, an American-Russian family uh, in Michigan, where I moved to. And I was like, well, well, let's give me a credit card. Let's see what we can do. And uh, that was during 2008 when the world was on its knees. And it was when I really learned how to to sell through a time when no one needed you, wanted you. And at a point where really no one really needed to see a new brand at that point as well. But I learned on the road, I learned very, very guerrilla style. And that gave me all the good habits and the bad that you had to wash out of you. And that led me invariably to uh, Bremont. Um, I met Nick and Giles in Switzerland at Basel. Who owned Bramon? And I said, "I love what you're doing. This is British. I'm British. Can I help? Uh, can you help me get Ernst Benz into the UK? Maybe I know a few people in the US." And it ended up being uh, ten years of my life after that conversation, where I I grew Bramon um, from just a little a little seed into something that was quite special at the time through all of North America, uh, U.S., Canada, and the Caribbean. And yeah, it was the it was the proudest part of my professional life then. And I not only learned a lot, but also then met all the friends that are within this industry and you know you, you start to I wouldn't say you gain a reputation but because you've been around so many of the good people you know who to surround yourself with that, that, that make it fun make it safe and you know that's what it should be they're only bloody watches uh, and I've met some brilliant people along the way who you know I'm very proud to call friends. Um, it got to the point where I, I met a, a lady that I ended up being my wife we had a couple of kids and there was no room for Bremon. there was no room for watches I just wanted to be a dad so I took a turn they ended up pulling me back then covid happened that sucked and so i ended up having to leave Braman as well um and ended up trying a few things but one thing that really came from that is that I, I i really started to know what i missed um all the different brands that wanted me to come and join for them which was really really lovely and, and very very humbling it would have been the same conversations it would have been the same retailers and the same price point the same bracket and I'd done that, I'd been there and I had no enthusiasm for it at all. And I just, like I said, wanted to be the best I could be at, at home. Yeah. It, it got to a point where I was um, consulting for about five to six different brands, small side, big side. And then Zodiac came along, the guy who was given the task by Fossil to reinvigorate the brand, his name's TJ McKnight. He saw that I'd bought a Zodiac from Top of Jewelers out in California. And he goes, oh, you're in Dallas let's chat. I'd love to talk. And I'm like, well, actually that was about three weeks ago. I just moved to England. And he said, well, let's just keep talking. And that those conversations grew and grew and grew to the point where he said, would you consider coming? And I says, probably not. And then it was, we'll stay and talk more. And then it became just the biggest part of my life in, in terms of the passion kind of was fueled again. I understood where the brand had been. I understand the hopefully the pitfalls. And then if you look at the individual parts of it, it has everything going for it. It has the movement, the history, the heritage, great designs, and a hunger to be better. And one thing which I found out when I was talking more and more to TJ is it had backing from the group from the fossil group from the guy who founded fossil, and he wanted it to be the best it could be. And the way that I looked at it is he was the custodian or the brand the, the group was the custodian to the name and they just didn't quite know how to make it hopefully what I think it can be over the next 510 years. Uh, and so I, I joined and two weeks ago, after four or five months living in the UK and doing it remotely, I joined uh, the, the team here in the US as their international brand director, which basically means I touch different parts of the brand to to hopefully stick it together and get this plan going. But that's ta-da!
0: <laughs> wow, that's quite that's quite the history. I think the shocker there is: have I been saying Braymont wrong the whole time? Um, it, it was a big
2: thing back in the mid two thousands about how you really have to say. I always say, say how you bloody want. I say it how you like. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's it's supposed to be a French word, but the, the way that the English brother would say is Bremont. Um, okay. But Bremont, Bremont yeah. Eng- Americans in English, it doesn't matter. It's just a word. <laughs> it's just a word. I mean, I've always said Bremont, but that's just me.
0: Well, no, I when I... um. When I asked around on, on our Discord group and our Facebook group, I got some good questions from Zodiac fans. But before I uh, delve into them, Jason, did you have anything you wanted to to ask? Uh,
3: just want to say hi to Ricky. Meet you the first time. Yeah. Hey there. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, no question for Mike. The only question I have is, you know, I'm kind of partial to the core line. Um, yeah. I understand Zodiac's heritage and and a, a, a part of that was with the military stuff and my background in the military. And I know you probably can't go into detail, so I'm not, I don't want detailed answers, but I noticed that lately there's been a lot of fun stuff, fun colors. The I call it the Miami Dolphin Watch or the Watermelon Watch. Beautiful. Uh, made titanium, super cool. The new one that just came out, I haven't come up with a good nickname for it. Maybe the the Polar Express or something.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful.
3: Um, yeah. Are there any plans to do anything with the Core line? And you don't got to give me specifics, but to kind of... Because when I did my research for the reviews I did, on this timepiece, I noticed that the closest uh, I could see was the 699 dial as being like the right. dial makeup. So I was just wondering, are there any plans to do anything with the core line that's harkens back to previous times or well, is that kind of not in the, what works? Well, the answer
2: is obviously yes, but I would I'll give you my precursor to it. Uh, Zodiac has got to this point in its development now, probably differently to what you've seen it. Um, I, I, I'm talking to, obviously, a watch collecting community. And, you know, you, the way that you, you look at the brand is probably similar to what I would as well. When I came to the brand, I first saw um, actually there was a world timer, which is a really lovely um, homage piece to what they did in the 70s. But it was the Pepsi bezel kind of variation of what they did with Topper Jewelers. And it was great color. It was really done well. It was beautiful dial. But if you look to its past, it also came from a place of, of beauty. But what I knew of Zodiac and what a lot of the customers might know or the fans know of recent Zodiac are the colorways. Uh, and it's always that we own color or it's the colorful watch or the limited edition watch. And I always thought that that maybe overshadowed what the core was. Getting into the brand, getting into this office, you know, there's a couple of guys that would work with me, TJ included. Um, I think what we've, we've done, get to, getting to this point and having this lovely hype behind us is, is really amazing. Um, but what they've done to not to the detriment, but to the way that we haven't been able to grow the core or to the retail network is because we've done so many of these limited editions with the dinky worn and wound top of jewelers. And they've been brilliant. But when they sell out and they sell out within hours that some people will go, oh, well, that's the brand. We'll wait for the next limited where when I looked at it and I got into The office i was looking at the skin 53 i was looking at the type of watch that ricky's got on his wrist i was looking at the olympus and so what we did is we kind of looked around what we've got on the website what we would would say our core watch, what i would say is a core watch and maybe get away from some of the mentality that a group like this might have in terms of seasonal changes Mm -hmm. and so what we've built is a 25 to 30 piece core collection which is existing now but what they've done in the past is make 100 200 300 of these watches and when they sell through they change it up colorways but with something like this which is the skin 53 which you know i can show you better mm-hmm. in a and a better uh, picture but that is a direct reflection of what we did in 1953 with the Seawolf at the basel fair that this is to celebrate the past and so when someone says what is zodiac i go to the core and I think more and more, as you, you, you'll you come to the website, you'll come to the showcases that, you know, when we start to open more stores, that's what you'll see. You'll see a better um, POS, uh, which is what we call for a stand inside of a showcase. And that will You be may want to
1: explain what POS means
2: point of sale. Mm, not so piece basically, of when, no, thank you. Yes, yes. No, so point of sale. When you go into a store, it is really important that it reflects the brand. And for the longest time, we just didn't have the ability to um to to give the retailer the amount of watches that they need and so that's when people would go to the colorways to your point now this particular titanium one that you saw this is a limited edition only 282 will be made it's already sold out of zodiac it's in retailers or it's in with our partners this one though the the blue and white one is a core watch this is going to be a Mm -hmm. core model so what i want people to see is maybe sometimes past the color look at the bezel look at the bracelet, understand what movements on the inside, look at the hands and the markers. That is a true reflection of Zodiac. The colors are what we've always done. You can look at some of the old Bakelite uh, bezels and some of the blues and reds and yeah. second hands. It was always colors within it. We have maybe just ex- accentuated a little bit more, mm-hmm. but this type of colorway might not be for yourself, but when you, know, you see on my Instagram where you see some of the people that would wear it, this price shouldn't be that watch where... i'm going to wear it forever but if you are in a pair of board shorts or you're out in the nice bit of weather or you've got a short sleeve shirt throw a bit of color that way there's nothing wrong with it because if you look past the fashion aspect of maybe this group or some of the different watches you'll see and look within it and look at how the watch is designed it's more than the color so what we've got to get right over the next especially 18 months is that balance um for the remainder of the year you will see some fantastic colors you will also see a little bit of a, not a flex, but in you know, we're 140 years old this year, but we haven't owned the brand for 140 years. So we're not doing a party. We're not having a cake. But this year we are going to be able to say we can build Zodiac out of titanium. We've got another case material coming. We have dial materials, which are unheard of to be in the, the price points that we're going to make them with. And then as we get later into the year, you'll see, and especially in the early part of next year, you'll see some homage pieces, which will be true core, which will go back to maybe something that you'd have seen in the military, what I'd have wanted to see within the collection as a watch guy. And so we're going to try and get that balance right. But for any of the viewers, and you do see colours, please just know that sometimes we just want to have fun with it. Uh, but also that that colour might come from the past, but we are going to get that balance right. And uh, But the colours won't, won't go away. We'll just try and pair them with a story, a size, a material that goes to the past.
0: Yeah. Nice. Uh, oh, sorry, Sam. No, 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 um we've got a we've got a good question that's coming from Todd, but I wanted to ask you like as we start out as a watch collector with i really like the different movements that come in watches, and I know we know e t a quite well, some of the in house manufacturers quite well, obviously Rolex. But I'm least familiar with the movements that Fossil owns. So you don't call them in-house, but Fossil owns sure. the company. And and the only thing I know about the movements is that they have that gooseneck regulation system, which I think at the time was quite unique, or they might have invented it. But what's the what's the short pitch on the actual movements? Because I don't think a lot of people are overly familiar with the with the <sighs> movements that are in these watches.
2: Well, for a decade with Bremont the biggest conversation for a lot of our collectors is the movement. You know, they were highly modified ETA, chronometer certified Valjoux. Fantastic. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of how you put it together, how you decorate it. But for Bramont it was always how it was surrounded Um, with any of the brands that I talked about that were not um, in-house movements. And it was ETA, Salita, or some of the more lesser known movements. The conversation was always why. Well, my answer was always, why not? Because these movements were built to last. They are workhorses and they've been there around for years. They've powered some of the biggest watches in the industry. So why can't they be part of maybe the smaller, uh, more um, more diverse collections or, or, or brands that are out there? thing is, though, with, with Zodiac, when, when we took the brand on in the early 2000s, and this is me going back into the archives, there's some cabinets back there that are full of some very colourful uh watches shall we say that have the zodiac logo on them and i think very quickly they understood that this was not how you replicate or look after a brand that's as old or as important as what zodiac is in historical standpoints so fossil invested millions in stp stp was not there just for fossil but it was for the group um and so but obviously obviously today's day and age what you see within zodiac and our development and where we're going it's for us. And so when we say it's in-house, it's in our house. There's, there's so many ways to look at it and not, you know, be controversial. The watches are made with the movements in the same area, at the same place, and they're built bespoke for what we're building. Um, yeah, so, and about 70% of the Zodiac collection have the STP movement. In a, in a, in a very, very long answer short, it is built so we can control it. Um, we have a few watches that have got Solita within them, which are incredible, but there's a waiting list a mile long. Um, ETA, there was no chance of us getting on that list. Um, and so uh, we, with our GMTs, we use SOPROD. But every single time we've grown, and this is today, I can tell you this. So for example, our GMT and our World Timer are modified with SOPROD. Um, but in the next year, we will replace that with an STP movement. Um, we've got within our pro divers, uh, the Salita, but we've, you know, chronometer certified and ISO certified this dive watch. In the end, that will go to STP. So what we've built is a really, really strong base. Uh, The gooseneck was a massive uh, leap forward for us. We've actually taken that a different way now, where we've been able to take that away as we go forward. Added silicon hairsprings. uh, So what you'll find is a very, very strong 44-hour power reserve movement, not about 70% of the collection, which are anti-shock and anti-magnetic. And so what you're finding really for a, a base movement is we're just building the entire structure of what Zodiac will be built on. And I think the way that I've described it is it's it's the best of fossil uh, and I've invested it for Zodiac. But I think in the end, we could also put it within Swiss versions of we've had it in fossil in the past. It wasn't exactly the same movement, but it had the same name, same as what Etta or Valjoux might be. They've got different levels of complexity or the materials that are built within it. But we have the best of us within this watch in this collection. And in the end, what could it be? It could you know, obviously be for us, but we could stretch out for other brands, not just within our group, but we could sell it within micro brands as well, which has been done in very, very small ways. Um, but yeah, for you, for the for the viewers and the listeners, it's just hopefully going to stand us in good stead so we can grow. Properly.
0: We've got a comment from Todd, who uh, who usually joins us on the live stream. He said Rolex Omega and Grand Seiko are well known for their respective design language. What does Zodiac consider their design language?
2: It depends on the era in, in my, again, very, very brief experience. But I would also I would always go back to what we did in uh, 1953 with the Seawolf. In, in 1953, us, Glycine and Blancpain came out with the world's first commercially available dive watches. The year after that, there was a small brand called Rolex, which did okay. Um, but the idea of what we did here was doing it better, doing it first, went deeper. And I would say that the modern Zodiac era has a lot to be said about what we did here with the shark tooth numerals, uh, the text, the script. Um, it all is very, very traditional to Zodiac. I would also say, though, that 70 years before the Seawolf, there were some brilliant watches, which have you know we've been able to, to buy some through eBay. Yeah, we're hunting them as well. We want to have a look through the archives. And we found uh, moon phases. You know, they were the, the Calame family that owned the brand for over 100 years. It was pocket watches. It was their own calibers. It was um, power reserves. All these really traditional way of doing watches in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and we did all kinds of watches. When you go past the Seawolf stage, which went obviously to the aerospace, the GMT, and, and it was still quite similar to the dive watches. In the 60s, we came out with some cases, which like I'm wearing now, which are like this, this is one of the vintage um, Olympus with that manta dial and a manta case. And then when it came to the point where Omega were going to the moon, um, we were building things like the mystery dial with the orbiter and the astrographic. Um, There were were a lot of different eras which kind of define us. I think we've all got quite short memories. And for the last 30, 40 years, I don't think Zodiac was handled brilliantly. Um, And even to the, the early days of fossil learning, it didn't quite know what it had in its hands. But there were some very clever people out there that said, look to your past and it will take you to the, to, to the, to now and to the future. So Seawolf, um, obviously we've got the world timers, but the, case K shapes of this, uh, manta ray case, the astrographic are brilliant. And there'll be some more coming out in the next couple of years, which kind of go back to that as well. So long story again, short, hopefully it's more about which era it de- defines the brand for
0: you for now it's looking to the fifties and sixties. Yeah. You actually jumped on one of the questions we had sent to us, which was, Zodiac has, f- has focused a lot on their current Seawolf. Uh, do you anticipate other new models? And he has actually asked for the astrographic, also known as the Mystery Dial, is yeah. a pretty prominent model from the history. He's also said, I'd be curious if the Seascape, which is a bezel version of the Seawolf, looks a bit like a version of the Explorer might ever make a comeback.
2: Uh, that will, that one's got no plans just yet, but it is killer. Um, we've got a designer here called Ryan, who's an absolute nut for the vintage side of it all. Um, and yeah, I've seen some of the pictures around his desk for that particular model. I don't see that. Just, and also you've got to think that when we first came out with this iteration of the brand, there wasn't a sea it was the Sea Dragon, uh, which is way before my And They had the Grand Rally, which was quartz. So there's, there's lots and lots of ways that say what we're doing now, but even for a few years before this, We were still discovering what was right and then it was the sea wolf or the super sea wolf is what we have to call it now is what's really helping us spur on people's ideas of where we've been and where we're going for the astrographic we celebrated 50 years of it a few years ago obviously before my time 2015 we had a very large square version of it and i wore it and wind up in chicago last week just for the what is that thing on your wrist conversation and it's great. It, it really is. It's got something really unique, magical about it. And what I like is that some of the people might have tried, or the brands might have tried to do Mystery Dolls or have done Mystery Dolls, but it's quite nice to know that we had it within our back catalogue a lot longer than what people give us credit for. But it will come back. But for this year, no. For next year, probably not. No. Um, but it will definitely come back. It's just too exciting to not.
3: Yeah. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it, Mike, You know, as a newer watch collector for me, I've noticed a lot of the, you know, the real heritage brands, the brands that have provenance have been around for a while. They, they have a model they stake their flag in, right? Yeah. Like this is the model brilliant. and everything else works outside. You know, you work outward from that, you know, people can say, you know, inductive versus deductive reasoning, whatever, but I can just tell you when I did the article reviews on the super sea wolf, the one that me and my wife and my buddy have, you know, which is Oh, well, which no, thank you, like, I appreciate it. Um, we all have very different tastes. My wife's very refined, you know, she's real down to earth. She's a teacher. She works her tail off. Um, And then my buddy, you know, T at life watching life doing, he he's out there surfing and all that stuff. And I'm just an old guy who takes fancy pictures of watches and likes to read books. Um, But there's something about that super sea wolf style and and design that I thought it was just crazy that three distinctly different people each like similar things about the timepiece, but also vastly different things and it just dawned on me when i was doing all that research and stuff it's like okay this would be the one that they would plant their flag in and and, and i'll be quite quite honest to make some cash right in order to fund those other projects and to have a what is it a proof of concept that we have a customer base coming to us and now we can expand and see what more we can get I, i mean that's just as an outsider looking No, I'm,
2: I'm completely with you. The, the funky thing is though, obviously the super seawolf is what we have to call it nowadays because oh, we lost the IP. No, no, for the, we just just yeah. for any viewers, we lost the IP for the word seawolf, it's with another brand, beginning with okay. B. Um, but that that's that's a really lovely thing to at least know. You know, they had some vintage guys that were asking why don't you call it the seawolf anymore? We just were mishandled during the nineties and we lost it. But the super seawolf has different elements. So you've got the skin, the compression. We've got the 68, which is that very large, oval-shaped dive watch. And then, obviously, we've got the Super Seawolf Pro Diver. So, the Seawolf or the Super Seawolf lives within the majority of the brand, uh, especially now, but it will Rick, continue to grow.
1: Why don't you bring out a model called the Supernavi Timer, then, and get it It's That's
2: way, way, way above my pay grade. But I think hmm. you should do that for a Ricky Scottish Watches limited edition <laughs> called Bodiac. Let's do Bodiac. Bodiac. <laughs> <That one. laughs> And the Bodiac Lavi Timer. But do you know what, though? For, to, to their credit, they, they, they saw what was called cool, a good name and they did it. It was just, but it, it's part of the story. As long as people didn't know that we gave it away, or it was bought off. It was just, you know, 80s and 90s for all these watch brands. They just sometimes didn't look after it well, or the custodians didn't well, look after it.
1: Look at Zen. They've got yeah. dibs on Navi Timer as well as the B. So, yeah, it yeah. happens.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, but I also like the, the fact that they went super seawolf i was like we're still keeping yeah. it but i think it's good like it. sea wolf absolutely yeah no i'm i'm chuffed with it i mean if you look at the i've got like six watches down here and i come into the office all the time i think i think we're getting it right but i do agree jason that and it goes back to that word core uh, and it, again it's not a word that maybe the fossil group would have used before because it's so seasonal it changes with its colors but for the core i think if you look at seawolf skin you look at the the compression the pro diver the olympus and then you've got the uh the World Time of GMT range, that's a really good base for where we're mm-hmm. going. I've all, and I've said to a lot of the, the retailers that I would love to, to be part of this ever-growing journey is we have got a lot of growing to do, but this is where we're gonna stand from. STP is a big part of that conversation. And then as we go on through 2023, we'll be guided by the viewers, the, the, the fans, and we have to listen to them. And I think that's quite lovely that we have an American-based team, and then we've got the Swiss uh, where, we, where we're making them all. But we can look from outside eyes as well. So it's it's an exciting future. We'll have some bumps in the road. There will be some colours that not everyone loves. But also there's going to be those guys and girls that think actually that suits me. I'm in. So and when we and we, we won't make we won't make many this year. Actually, the start of last year we ended up making and selling six thousand watches, which I know when Ricky and I first spoke, he couldn't believe that we only made that few. Um, what we what I can tell you now, Ricky, is that with the push and the, the support from the guys upstairs, by the end of next year, we could get to ten thousand watches. Um okay. which still which still means that we can look niche, but what it can do, which is for me the most exciting part, is we can be in more stores because digital partners that we've got are incredible at this buzz. And this is why wind up and worn and wound events live were so important and why red bar is so important. But we still need tactility. People have to go, well, it's the twelve hundred dollar watch. Is it any good really? come and have a feel it's at your local retailer just down the road we don't have too many of them right now but with that increase in in numbers we get a
0: chance to really bolster that well that's interesting because you would think with with fossil being the owner they have such a i mean there's a fossil store in most malls, isn't there at the moment it's a. you would think that they could distribute them alongside the fossil watches or is it just a completely separate yeah completely okay. different i've had a lot of people and they've come
2: and i i think i did it as well it's like it's owned by fossil i'm like well do you think that way about breguet because they're owned by swatch group like i don't think that we're anywhere near that but that that's the best of them uh omega and you know the co-action movement meta testing mm-hmm. that's not what they do within swatch well up until very recently with the moon swatch but to the to the point is you know that group is not you know decided by you know just who owns it or that watch is not decided by who owns it and neither should we be so we just have to be the best of it and we have huge distribution and news because of fossil michelle you know all the different fashion brands and licensing brands that we have but this won't really work to uh, won't work everywhere it needs that, that right storyteller behind the showcase or at the keyboard or like you at the microphone so we need those partners and they have to be strategic uh, right now we're in 25 retail partners that does include some of the online ones that's it for the world whereas you've got wow. some of the big some of the big boys that are out there, and they're in 150 retailers in every country. Um, and we've sold out everything through that. So when you know, Ricky and I would speak in this you know, one great store in Scotland, there could be one store in Florida where you are, Sam, or, you know, but we don't have to have 20 stores in each state or each um, county for the UK. We have to find the right partner. And then we can make sure that we have the right amount of stock to replenish the core. And every time we do a limited edition, Every store gets one or five or 10, um, but we, you know, we'll grow accordingly. Um, but for, for me to be able to say that, you know, we now made, you know, a good 500 of these in the first batch and that will continue within the core. That's brilliant because we can cater to people's demands. And if it sits in the core or in a case, I'm okay with that because people are going to discover that alongside the arrest of the collection, but we've not done that for, for the longest time, uh, if ever in this modern iteration of Zodiac. So it's time to do it.
0: Well, I, I'm amazed that it was it was six thousand because there's I think there's probably still companies that consider themselves micro brands that produce about that. I
2: know. Well, six thousand
1: is like a, a rounding error for fossil.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, if you're ever that side of the room, yeah. On this side, no really. But I mean <laughs> for them to get to this point is grand. But um I uh, I missed going to STP when I was in the UK, but I'll go back. But it was at the same time that the worn and wound guys had flown over there after Geneva. And the thing that they took away was that, you know, it's great. It's white coated, it's Swiss, it's everything that it needs to be. And it's great to see Zodiac being made, but then the other side of the room is empty space because it is ready to grow. Like it's primed and ready, but the guys upstairs who do control and the girls who control the purse strings, uh, strings is they will only release that, that potential. If we see the needle moving and that means, and because it's, a, it is owned by a big company, we can have all the love and the the romance in the world, but they want it to grow appropriately, but they also need to make sure when they invest, they invest for the right reasons. And there's the other side to this as well, which I love probably, I said this to Ricky on on Scottish watches. This is not there to make fossil money. They make their money from the brands that I'm surrounded with right now, but this can be the best of them. And so the reason why we can make this at 1195 US dollars where an in-house movement with that kind of heritage should be a lot more is traditionally more is because we want to fill a space within a market, which isn't there right now. Um, we want to be different. We want to be someone's first watch, but I think more than anybody, I want to be one of, I want to be part of someone's collection. I think that's a better place for us to be, because if you have, you know, maybe not a Ricky's collection, but some of the people that are listening right now, then you could you can go with Seiko to Rolex or, or Breitling or, or Panerai, but within the color palette that we've got and the history that we've got, this would sit just about in anybody's proper watch collection, but it won't really offend anybody in the wallet, especially in today's day and age. And then you got a proper watch for not a crazy amount of money. Hopefully, that's what I, that's the yeah. goal. It's
3: a really smart concept though. I mean, that's a that's a basic military concept, right? You probe, you take a look where weaknesses are, and that's just the market, right? No, and 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 it's not a bad so- thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not a bad thing. If uh, if I was going to build a watch, why would I build a watch in the five thousand dollar market? I would, I would get annihilated unless I came up with the world's most perfect watch, right? Yeah. And if you can, if you can provide something at a price point that gives you quality. I mean, I'm just telling you as a newer watch collector, I appreciate that because I'm not breaking the bank. And, and, and I'll be really honest, if I have a little splurge, well, I'll tell you what, a splurge at that price point is a lot different than a splurge at four grand.
2: Yeah. Well, and, I, and it's all relative as well. I mean, what someone spends yeah. on their watches is or cars or houses, it's all about what, what your income is, but also what you might save up for. So there's, there's all those, those arguments and concepts. But I do think between $895 to nothing really over 2000 apart from the titanium, You've got a really good collection there. You've got a really good brand and it's only going to get better. And I think we all know that when when some of the collectors really understand where the brand has been in terms of its heritage and they see proper growth and direction and understanding of the brand, they'll follow you and they'll be very loyal. Uh, and that's why I've been doing so many podcasts and I've been sending watches to the people that I think have to understand it. For example, when I was just in Chicago, people come up to me and they're looking at the name and I, I know something about this and... They they only know their own bullet points of what they think the brand is. But the more and more people that understand heritage history, you know what happened in the eighties, nineties to most brands, to what we're doing now, the ownership, uh, the custodianship, it all has to make sense. And if you ever see me in any of these shows, I've brought vintage, I bring core, I bring STP pieces of the movement, just so we can kind of piece it together because we all want to have faith in the brand we're buying into. But I wouldn't have joined the brand if I didn't think it was going in that direction. And I don't think this team and the guys and girls upstairs would be doing what they're doing if they didn't think they had something special. But it is going to be a process. um But it, it again, they should look quite fun as well with it. So we're there. Yeah. By the way, Ricky, that is a Dallas t-shirt you're wearing right there. Is it? Gas Monkey <laughs> is right. It's about yep. twenty minutes from this office. <laughs> is it? Nice yeah. One. If you want anything, let me know. <laughs> oh.
1: I might pick you up on that idea. Yeah.
2: It might get stuck in customs. <laughs> oh God, don't, don't you dare! <laughs> the
1: pain yeah. of my life. I am so sorry. That's
0: okay. Got, a, got another question from uh, Todd in the audience here. He's asking any chronographs on the horizon. Uh, he, Todd's a huge collector of vintage, well, of mechanical chronographs, yeah. uh, Seiko, etc. Oh. With STP, do you think there's any chronographs on the horizon?
2: So there are there there will we can just say, there will be a, a chronograph coming later on in the future, yeah. <clears throat> and I said this with the uh, Todd with the movement conversation. STP right now we we're doing what we're doing with STP one eleven well three hander. Then the next iteration in terms of making it STP will be with GMT, then with chronograph. But that's down the road. For our first chronographs, we're gonna get the I think we're gonna do with you, Italia. I think it makes sense for the price point we want to stay within, and it's a workhorse for it. Design wise it'll, it will be brilliant. I know that I've seen a couple of concepts uh, of what will be coming way later on down the road, but in terms of uh, movements, I think you've got to understand with this brand, as we grow, we will put the right movement to get the price point. And then if that works the way that we do, for example, with some of these types of watches, the aesthetic doesn't change, but this one conversation we had, we took it away. The movement changed prices didn't, but it became a, in some ways a better movement for what this price point determines, but we also have to prove that this watch can sell and then we can get the, I mean, it is a lot of money to develop a chronograph. That's the next big step for STP. They can do it, but we have to give millions of dollars for it. So why not do the right watch for a couple of grand, do it with a movement that befits it, that is going to work with it. And then you can grow and be better, but it won't make it any less, uh, small, or less or more special. And you know, that goes back to that conversation we had before it's not just about the movement, it's the right movement for that watch and how you surround it. Um, but I think with all of these watches, they're all still going to be, they're not going to be a, a Daytona move. It's not going to be an in-house uh, Richard Mill. I mean, this is a, this is supposed to be a beast to keep going. And as long as I think the collector community understand that and that we're going in the right direction, I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's fiscally right as well, but that's not massively important, but I do think it's right to grow. Thanks yeah, for the question.
0: Another question we got sent in was uh, a comment about the the Super Sea Wolf, saying that it seems to largely dominate the the Zodiac range now. Uh, the question is, uh, thirty watches that you can currently buy from Zodiac, 20, over twenty of them are variations of the the Super sure. Sea Wolf. So the, I guess the question is, it, it, are you are you going to see some separation in the line, or really is is the the Sea Wolf it, obviously, it's the marquee watch, yeah. but are you looking to broaden? And we talked about some different ones, but are they going to be like one off or are you looking to introduce new lines in the range? To...
2: Yeah. And again, that goes to the, I think it's a, a valid confusing point for us all to understand that the Seawolf skin, Super Seawolf skin 53, then there's the compression version in this side. The biggest part of the collection is going to be what Ricky's wearing or what I've got here. That's yeah. the compression. And there are a lot of those colors. I think that 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 those three models there are great. The confusing thing that goes from there is then you have the Super Seawolf Pro, and then you have the 68. But if you break it down, 39 millimeter, 40 millimeter, the 68 is obviously a different shape and a lot larger, and then the Pro Diver of 42 millimeter. They share similar names. There are a few iterations in color. I agree. I agree. It's quite a a big one, but then. When you go, hopefully, into the stores, when they, we get to open them some more, you will see there are two versions of the World Timer, two versions of the GMT, three versions of the Olympus. So there are more stories to tell. I just think we have also a maybe a victim of our as of our success with doing limited editions in those colorways. But I do think it will start to then bookend with some really lovely stories that would be more vintage feel or more from the 60s and 70s feel that may be different stories, like Astrographic, like Secron. Um, those, those stories will come in, but it will be done at the right time. Um, but if it, if it's, if these particular pieces aren't maybe for you right now, or you'll think there's too many. There could be a colour iteration, but I don't think that's just how we're going to pigeonhole ourselves. It's just we're growing to the right place, and this right
0: now seems like
2: the right way to go. That, is that fair?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that certainly answers the question. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks. Just see if there's any other questions coming in from the... Yeah, I don't know what that is. I wonder if the watch designers use the golden ratio.
3: It's a mathematical equation. <laughs>
0: oh.
2: Yeah, you got the <laughs> wrong
3: person here. Yeah. yeah. My <laughs> face definitely doesn't match up to the golden equa- the golden ratio. That's all right. This I've got a, like lot
1: a of question face. for you, Mike. How have mm-hmm. things been since you joined the company? Have you managed to change the way the guys think? Or have you introduced a lot of new ideas that they're taking on board? Because up until you joined, I didn't hear much about Zodiac ever only heard about them when they had a limited edition and then it was like a firework going up boom and then it was a black sky until the next one but now we're constantly hearing about it because you've come on board
2: well i think i think 15 16 years in the industry you get to like i said this from the the first minute you get to have really lovely friends who you trust and they have to trust you and uh, that's been great so i've leaned on my relationships within the in the industry There's a gentleman behind me who would sit behind that banner. His name's John. Uh, TJ, who we've mentioned, who was given the task. We've got Ryan in design. There's marketing. They had all the ingredients. It was just tightening it together and focusing it. These watches were coming out way before I was joining the brand. But maybe the core collection wasn't as tightened. Maybe some of the storytelling wasn't as direct as it should be. So I just think they've added some really, really good ingredients. And I'm a a part of that. And TJ is great. He's just like, you have the mouth use it so i'm just getting out there and hopefully the stories will be consistent and then if someone like yourself i mean you didn't know about it and dave obviously uh, wasn't a massive massive proponent to the brand before and by the end of our podcast together he was like okay i like it this is good and we've had some decent chats since then but the idea from from a lot of our our friends have been like that it, it doesn't take much for our switched on community to see genuine progression and maybe we just weren't talking about it well enough but i don't think it's just me i think we've just they've just added ingredients to help i've just been the vocal
3: point about it
1: so humble so humble mm-hmm.
3: I mean it, mat- it matters though Mike I mean I'm telling you oh, right I now like like I- I've talked we've had conversations me and Sam on the side and stuff and it's like to be able to hear an honest opinion about what's going on and I don't really dig the term transparency because I don't need to know your inner business workings I could you know I could care less make mm-hmm. your money um I understand it's a business but to hear like hey this is where we're at. This is what we're trying to do. We're not going to jump out 100 yards and, and you know screw ourselves. We're going to take this incrementally. We're going to build on this and we're going to build a foundation that matters. Well, yeah. I can get behind that because, I mean, that's what you do in life. Right. Yeah. Any military team does that. You don't you don't go do advanced tactics when you don't know how to clean your your rifle. Right. Like you just don't do it. You're going to get a bunch of people killed. And I know it's not the same thing a watchmaking, but. No, but we will get beaten them. up on Twitter very badly. Yeah, <laughs> from 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 a bunch of Monday morning quarterbacks. That's it's a very exactly. American term. But you live in Dallas, so you should or Texas, you should understand it by now. But Definitely. my point is, is, that it's 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 nice to hear. It's uh, I think it establishes a, a precedent or sets some. I don't know whatever term you want to use, but we've got to put some. Good habits in. We need yeah. good habits, and it, it yeah. sets some expectations. Like this is a series of steps. And we yeah. will eventually get there, you know what I mean.
2: Well, we had we had um, cost, uh, Costa. I keep saying it like it's Costa Coffee, Ricky, but it's Costa. Uh, what the founder of Fossil? He came into the the Zodiac Suite just behind me to the right, and he he's just brilliant. Like he doesn't have hands on. He's like, he's got a lot of trust, but he's just I want this to be the best of us. And so to see that type of level of executive who has built you know a huge empire, um, especially in terms of the fossil uh, the fossil side. But he wants this to be really well done. So when I send him the podcast that I might have done with Ricky, he listens to every single minute of it. Um, oh dear. But uh, I know. <laughs> I didn't send him any outtakes, so we're fine. But everything... <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything it was a good was, podcast. It, it, thank you. thank but you. It was it was fun. Uh, but every single one of them, big or small, like Ricky's obviously up there with one of the biggest, but I try and speak to everybody like that the same. And it was the same when we were in San Francisco for wind-up or some of the stores that I've been able to go to or even to some of the phone calls uh, or the one-on-one comments with Instagram. I don't think anybody is as important as anybody. And everyone's got a question for a reason. And if we keep that mindset at this front forward facing one, we can be honest and we can grow. It will get to the point where we might be a few more people and we might lose to it. happened with Vermont, you know, you- but you still have to keep those core values there. Um, But I still believe that those relationships will stand you in good stead because someone like you, Jason, especially with your background, you will tell a thousand people on your or however many followers you got. But in, in person, you will tell everybody a genuine relationship with myself and what this watch means to you. And you have your own ways, like you said, with your review. And I think that's the best part of it. If we can get this first pick going, this enthusiasm that I have can like feed into your types of personalities, get the watch and go, actually, bloody good for the money. And then from there at least it kind of it kind of starts to have its own momentum and then you have the collectors and that's what vintage uh, zodiac collectors have they have that love for what was and now they're starting to say actually i think you guys are going in the right way let's let's stick with this it could be something quite cool and we'll you know we'll keep looking back to the past um for some of the models and you know we'll just keep trying to get better as a brand but yeah thank you well we'll the fossil
1: group is there any other brand? they've obviously you've mentioned of so many individual brands underneath them and the white label for other organizations yeah. is zodiac the only mechanical watch company that they have or are there any other siblings
2: well they tried to do fo- well they did do fossil swiss and it did really well monetarily i mean it didn't really stick with our community but i think there's something there uh, uh some of the brands that were licensed like burberry and armani they have a swiss selection on there but i think design wise maybe it wasn't within what we we know of but i think there's potential within some of these brands as well because if you look at you know armani suits and how it's cut and where the design is i don't think it's too far away to get in a watch that suits it it just might have a disconnect right now in terms of how that type of designer would look at a watch so as this team grows here and the movements get better as long as we keep the story going within a armani burberry for example and we do that movement that befits that design i think it could work but again, I think if we get this bit right, this brand right, then within our house, we can then start to spread that STP going. I do think, though, that there's a lot more brands on the outside that might see that the movement works for a brand like us, and then they won't have to be beholden to Salita or Etta. And, you know, they're amazing, but they're just busy. They're just really, really busy.
1: So my question was, is there any other brands within Fossil Group that are like Zodiac? No. No, thanks.
2: But I, But yeah. I do think it's important that... We did try it and it just it's just not.
1: It's not no, I just wondered just, if they'd maybe got a hold of maybe something from the past and they'd brought that back if there was a sister brand. But you know, no. just I was curious because I forgot to ask that when you were on our show about yeah, two days thing. ago. And it also means that. you're getting all the attention, it's not like oh, it's okay. split between lots of different groups like King Sacre, Grand think- Sacre.
2: Yes, but also they'll, they'll, um, they'll make the mistakes like we did in the early 2000s. So, you know, we're gonna live through that and you never know in the future, but we have to get this right. I mean, I had a couple of the different executives from the different bigger brands that are still maybe more of the fashion side that said, would you wanna come and have a chat with us about what you think here for this type of direction? I said, I have no time. This has to be full focused. And this is what, I mean, I do get paid by Fossil, but my job is only Zodiac. And so are all the people that are around me here. And that's really good. It, I mean, I had two days ago, um, TJ, he's my direct supervisor. He's like, we have to do this corporate thing. We have to write down your goals for the future. And that was the first thing I thought about. What if we could bring in other brands or, or help other brands that maybe have failed in the past or maybe have gone to sleep and they need a little reawakening. That could be way down the line. I mean, I'm 41, you know, I'm still young enough to really have this enthusiasm. But for right now, I could see this being whatever the future could be in terms of and how long it might take. But I think it could be, it could be it could be all all I need, well, uh, so and that's how
1: feel. Ab- when you're talking about some of these big label brands like your Armani's and whatnot mm-hmm. that, that the parent company deals with, Ralph Lauren utilised GLC movements. In some yeah. of their watches of the past, which were fantastic, and potentially, like you say, you could be utilising Zodiac technology or SDP technology as a higher up version of something in the future. So yeah, the door's always open. I think yeah. that's it. But
2: they've they've just got to see it upstairs, and then if we can put a plan in place and. You know, that STP facility and Antima where the watches are built, like, there is space. So they could do it, not just for us. But they've got the Zodiac logo emblazed on the side of that building for a reason, and they want it to shine bright. So, I mean, just outside the window, you've got the Cartier Gold Factory and you've got, you know, the crown just down the road. So that's just, uh, for me, I just want to I want to walk before we run. Yeah, but I, yeah. do, I, do, I do see that when I talk to my, my direct supervisors because it, it could be anything. They've got it all here. Like I said, the pieces are right. Good question, though
0: yeah i think the movement story is really strong and i think that that should be more at the forefront because i think that's one of those movements where you have to research to understand it but boy if you could if 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 we suddenly heard that there was a an armani watch to really pay attention to that would be quite the turnaround i think for that brand that would be that would be quite the uh quite the story
3: yeah it's a two-lane road sam right like i mean you have to the short story would be explaining the movement to people like us right Because the average everyday, you know, customer doesn't probably care. They just know it's Armani, right? They dig Armani, you know, they're probably like, yeah, it's going to work. But if you get the word out that this movement is this, this is where it comes from, and it's in this watch. Well, now the average customer who likes Armani, his or her buddy's like, yo, it's got that STP movement in it. Yeah, absolutely. that's like,
2: a way away, but could you imagine? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. and, 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 that's, and that's what it is, because when my buddy went to buy his first watch, and it happened to be the Zodiac that we all three have, I knew yeah. about the STM movement. I was able to tell him about that in the store, and I was like, I was like, bro, you got to... Because he loved how it looked. I'm like, I can tell you right now that the inside is just as good as the outside, if not better. I found, I found an was... older... Oh, God, sorry, Ricky.
1: I was going to say there's a number of watches out there on the microbrand sphere that utilize STP. Yes. i got one a couple of years ago it was the hampton neo and it's got a clear case pack so you can pop it around and i was looking at this thing thinking jesus christ this thing is well punching above its price range it was decorated a custom rotor it looked really sweet and nobody really talks about stp i don't yeah, think
0: we've done, we used them sorry um, sorry no, Michael, I, it, is there so prod is it is it so prod is the name of the the movement manufacturer that's a different movement. Yeah. Oh, different, okay.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I would just say, I don't think we've marketed it well enough uh, or mm. at least we've yeah. got, we've kind of get to the point where I think we had some kinks to work out within it as well. If you look through some of the blogs, some people are say, what is it? Is it good? Is it bad? I think at the beginning it was, it was befitting of some of the price points, but I do know that STP one dash 11, same as when you find some of the, the references from Meta and Salita, they do have different levels of quality and ours have got better and better. And in October, November, at the end of this year, nice thing you would see, we will upgrade it again. And for some of the models, uh, and it won't change anything. It'll just be for us the fact that we can build it to a better standard. Uh, and that will go towards as we go, f- and that will go into the movement and the, to the models going forward. But again, it has to be um, done at the right time. Because if we slip, then it will just slip us back. So it, 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 it's right as we're doing it. But Ooh. I speak to the STP people, you know, we have a, a call, call them every week. And that conversation does come up. He said, if you're out in Las Vegas or you're out in Chicago, he said, are there any brands that are looking? And I'm like, I'm not going to push it yet until I know we can facilitate what my growth and our growth with Zodiac will be.
1: Something to say there on the fact you've mentioned that there are upgrades to the movement. That's not to diminish the movements that are out in the wild just now. Because 100%. if you buy a Speedmaster today and it goes in for service in three years, they will change certain parts of it for newer versions and they won't tell you about it. It doesn't mean there's a problem. It just means they've found a slightly better way.
2: Yeah or, yeah. or a better material. Uh, I mean, it's all, it's all like that. I mean, you can find in, in all iterations of cases as well. When a watch goes in for service, you know, parts are a problem. Some, some tubes won't fit. Certain, so there are certain changes. My thing is that we always have to be transparent to your point, Jason. I do like that word when it's honest, uh, when it's, yeah. when it's coming out. So when it, when it does change, I think we should celebrate it. It means we're getting better. But yeah. again, it, yeah. Thank you, Ricky, for pointing that out. It's not to be a, dis, a disrespect to what was, or it's not, Uh, taking it away but we are as a brand learning every day
3: yeah it's a military thing too we do it all the time i mean that's just common knowledge i'm not giving away any secrets here but like back in the back in the day there was one ship class that was so good they made a smaller ship class version of it and then they made a bigger ship class version but it was literally the same ship that they took half the stuff away Mm -hmm. they put a little bit more room on there and gave it more capabilities and as that ship those ship classes progressed they put you know they'll pull this put something new on They'll pull this, put something new on. And then even in the same class of ship, you could have totally different material based on when it was updated and stuff. And that happens everywhere. So it's important that Ricky says that because a lot of times I think that the average person just thinks, oh, that means it sucks. It's like, no, we have something better. We owe it to our customer base to improve that. And then also I think the communication comes on board, like whoever's doing the improvements. If they told you that when you picked your watch up, they were like, hey, just so you know, we have this upgraded movement made with this material that operates a little bit better it's going to prolong the life of your timepiece then the customer to be like yay but the problem is is that a lot of times the companies and the people doing the work don't tell you anything and then you get all this conjecture and you're left open to discussion and stuff
1: but they do that for a reason they do that because people have got it in their mind vehicle recalls a part needs changed or you'll have people that We'll pop onto a forum and say I got my watch back, and it was noted in the service details that they changed a wheel or a whatever. And everyone that's got the older one thinks, "Well, I want the new shiny, so it can." <laughs> it can go both ways, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: But, but, but the best part about what we do in terms of that kind of conversation is we only make batches of when we do small. We, we back in the day we we're doing a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, well, eighty-two, one eighty-two. We do it in 82s. Um, But for this particular version of this, we're making 500. That's the first time we've done that since the World Timer of that type of level of of, of production for a particular model, which is what we'll do. So we have to gear up now. So when we are building better or building more, that the movements are sound throughout it all. Uh, And so it it, it is, again, about doing it appropriately and, and the right time. But, yeah, I completely agree with the point.
0: So if you're um, coming, coming near the end now, it's, it's been fantastic having you as a guest, Mike, but if, a, if maybe somebody's on the fence about a Zodiac and they want to see one or want to get their hands on one, what's the best way of doing it? Is it to go to one of the watch shows that you attend? Or
2: It's tough because, like I said, we're so we're so few and far between in terms of retailers. Um, I think a lot of the people that you might buy it from, you know, they, they're very trusting. Some of the retailers we have right now, say, in the U.S., and, you know, they, they might want you to you can have a conversation with the owner. I wouldn't want to do their business for them. But, you know, have a look on some of the forums, have a look at some of the collector groups, some of the red bars out there. See if anyone's got them, maybe meet up that way. Um, but you never you, I mean I had a guy who I met. He actually just there's another another desk around the way. And he went to meet with his girlfriend to the middle of nowhere, Texas, 4000 people in the town. And his girlfriend's dad, who had never met before, said, oh, I had a I had a Zodiac from the military. Let me go and find it. So there's this iteration as well that you like, you know, Jason, so well, there's a lot of people that would have it in their collection from when they were in Korea or Vietnam, or even just from the PX in more modern days, you know, there's a lot of Zodiacs out there, but there's this iteration. Now I think you will have to find a a like-minded friend or, you know, if you are looking for a retailer, keep a look on our social media or, or even my social media, you'll see where we're going and who's opening. We're opening a few this year. Uh, I think we're going to be able to open 5 to 10 in the US at the very, very most. Uh, but in the UK, we could have one or two, and not many, but at least there'll be a place to, to start from. But it'll get you more have, and more.
1: Do you have a list on your website for dealers, places to get it? Because it can be murder to find a Zodiac.
2: We do. We do. It's a little bit hidden in the website, which we I want to push a little bit further forward uh, or, or make it a, an easier thing to find, but it is on the Zodiac website. You can also always DM us. Um, you know, We know that it could be a, a bit of a round trip, but Americans don't mind a drive. Uh, so if you, if you want to shoot us a note, I'll find you the best retailer to go to. I mean, it was great because even in Chicago, there was people that didn't realize we had a retailer in the city, we've got Seidel and Seidel. And it's because it's a small mom and pop store as well. Um, and yeah. sometimes you've got to he- seek out the retailers because we only know where to shop. You know, we know our local, but there could be that hidden gem that has believed in the brand and we believe in them as well. So yeah, the website's going to be the best place, but that still needs updates. That, that, that needs to be better, I
0: there's going to be one near me as well. You were saying. I don't know if that's a secret, but hopefully, in
2: Orlando, there might be a really good retail. Well, it's all been said. You said yes, so we'll let you know when it's the right time. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I'll I'll announce it on the show. So if you're coming on holiday to see to see the sights of Orlando, well, you've
2: got <laughs> um, you've got Naples as well. You've got exquisite timepieces down there near you right, right now. So yeah, there's a few. I mean, uh, like I said, just shoot me a DM uh, at Mike Pearson six. Anything you need, just. If, i'll always answer i'm a nightmare but send me a smoke signal i will send it one back so i'm a communicator <laughs> always
0: awesome well, any last questions guys before we rip it up
3: no yeah. so thank you for both for your time mike and uh, ricky appreciate it yeah yeah no awesome i think there's a couple of questions just slipped in there
0: oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, at the end actually yes yeah, well spotted um I heard a watchmaker say that old movements used used better materials. Is it easier to machine softer metals so nowadays they use surface treatment for hardness? I'm not sure if you can answer that, I don't know.
2: Probably not my 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 wheelhouse. I'm not a watchmaker. I do know that when you look at some of the the, the practices from cars and and uh suit making or shoe making, you look at any kind of material. there's always it was better back then, yeah. it was a little bit more. But in terms of how we machine things now, we can do things to you know, the width of a hair. You know, is that there's a lot to be said about modern uh, machining, and we are always developing that way as well. But yeah. right a lot wrong, of those
3: older, a lot of those older materials required like a much more staunch lubrication, maybe a lubrication or something that you know could be unhealthy for you now. So they've had to make changes to to metallurgy and stuff like that in order to use newer. I mean, I'm just giving you ballpark stuff here, paraphrasing. Yeah. But a lot of times, like you know, old material equals old ways to do something auxiliary to it to help it run and as you improve materials or take different materials or you need you have different requirements, you have to update stuff and then maybe you can't use the old material anymore. Which I, would say,
1: I would say based on my very limited knowledge, and recently haven't been over in Switzerland having tours of different production facilities, that there might be a disconnect between um, maybe more inexpensive movements, perhaps the Seiko line TMI or your entry-level myotas versus Salita ETA, broad mm-hmm. STP. Because when I was over there, it was obviously bigger companies like Armand Strom, Arraj, THE Plus, and they were using cutting-edge technologies, and they were machining stuff down to like three microns of a tolerance. Mm-hmm. And what I remember from Michael Michaels on uh, Watchbox Studios back in the day when he used to do his Watchmaker Roundup, oh. he said that people would bring in watches for service and all the wheels were so janky that they never really meshed properly and they would tear themselves apart, so they would never last a 100 years. Um, so I think there's probably, it's not a unilateral thing across the board that all movements nowadays are cheaper and crapper to put together. It might be that the inexpensive movements are cheap. The ones that we obviously like in Swiss movements are far better. Yeah.
2: It's why we love the watch industry though, isn't it? I mean, there's so many ways to look at it. Old, new, is it better? What's the movement for me? It's still sort of all a good discussion. I like it
0: yeah absolutely well that's been fantastic i'll end it there uh, thanks mike for joining us thanks everyone for watching us and being so active in the comments and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk live thanks everyone thanks Bye. for having a night